Hey, Warrior Monks, and welcome back to the Warrior Monk Podcast. Today's guest is Christina Kamarowski. Christina goes by the handle Mother Medicines online, and she's a holistic health coach, herbalist, and cacao ceremony practitioner. Now, I, just like most people, have a deep love of chocolate, especially as a treat for dessert every now and then. But Christina and I go into cacao's origins and how it was used as a plant medicine long before it was ever processed and boxed as a dessert that we now know it as in Western society. But before I get into the conversation, I'm going to take a quick minute to tell you about today's sponsor for the podcast. This episode of the Wear Monk Podcast is brought to you by 10,000. 10,000 is an athletic clothing brand that has the absolute best quality athletic apparel on the market. My personal favorite is their versatile shirt. My 10,000 versatile shirt is by far my favorite t-shirt because I can wear it all day long and it doesn't stretch out. It's comfortable, it looks great, and my favorite feature, it has an antimicrobial treatment that keeps the shirt from smelling like body odor. If you want to get a 10,000 versatile shirt or try any of their other amazing quality performance products, just go over to www.10,000.cc and use code LRADFORD15, that's L as in Lance, my last name, Radford, R-A-D-F-O-R-D, 1-5, and that'll save you 15% at checkout. You can get yourself some great quality performance clothing, and you help me keep content coming for the Warrior Monk podcast. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Christina Kamarowski, Mother Medicines. Christina, thank you so much, first and foremost, for inviting me into your lovely home here in Golf Breeze, and um, I'm really glad that we're doing a podcast episode because you and I connected, gosh, I guess it's been like almost two years ago now, or maybe a little more than two years ago, uh, through mutual respect and affiliation, I guess, for the Heroic Hearts Project, mm -hmm. which I'm going to do a little shameless self-plug here, and anyone who doesn't know who the Heroic Hearts Project are, you should go check them out. They're a nonprofit helping veterans connect with plant medicines, with, with psychedelic medicines, but... We connected and this part of the world doesn't have a whole lot of people who seem to be oriented and very into holistic health approaches and balanced lifestyle and stuff like that. So you and I connected and you've been on your own journey with, uh, with cacao, with plant medicine and with health and holistic coaching. So I'm glad we can finally do a podcast episode. So thank you for inviting me and thanks for agreeing to do this. Well, thanks for having me. This yeah. is fun. Absolutely. Um, so to get started a little bit, um, you have, like I just mentioned, you've, you've been on your own journey through coaching and doing holistic coaching, plant medicine coaching, but you have really specifically been on a journey with cacao. And you've told me a little bit of your story previously, but I would really like anybody listening to the podcast to kind of know the origins a little bit. So can you tell me like how that, how your journey with cacao started and how you became kind of focused on that and integrating it into your life and helping others with it as well? Of course. Um, I would say that cacao found me. I am very interested in plants. I'm actually an, a self-taught herbalist and I do not feel a pull or a draw to psychedelic medicine, but I do, however, feel a pull towards the spirit aspect of plants. Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to go to Peru in 2021 in the fall during the pandemic. I was so lucky that 
the borders were open during that time and I could get in and out without um, any problems, really. Like I say, I really think, you know, when you find your path or when, in my case, a plant finds you, doors open that might not necessarily be open. And so my first meeting with cacao actually was in Peru. I pulled up to the meditation retreat. I did a nine-day dieta and like isolation retreat and there was a plant I had no idea what it was I do now and I just saw this almost barren tree with these beautiful reddish fruits Mm -hmm. and I remember just looking over and thinking wow what is that and it just kind of left because I was immersed in the experience and so the shaman that I worked with is actually an ayahuasca shaman I did not do ayahuasca on my journey. I drank the bark of a tree aimed at healing the heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think being in that frequency and in that space connected me deeper with cacao. It was growing on the land and also with just the shamanic, more spirits of plants. My last day leaving the retreat center, he handed me this like heavy, you know, parchment paper or wax paper wrapped ball. And he just said, this is cacao. Be gentle with it. Mm -hmm. And I kept it in my fridge for months. I didn't really, I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. I was so, I felt the energy off of it, if that makes any sense. And I almost didn't even want to experiment. I was afraid because I didn't want to do it wrong. This was like a sacred gift. Sure. And so, you don't want to like waste it. Oh, right? no. Because yeah. it was handmade, hand, um, probably fermented, hand roasted, hand. Um, I guess the process of making paste is kind of like you've got, I would believe, like a mortar and pestle and you're kind of grinding it down and right. you're mixing the solids with the fats and it creates this beautiful textured paste and he formed it into a ball looked like hard dough and so sacred like really medicine I had previously worked with cacao before someone sent me some cacao discs there's a company out of California they're now called I believe aura cacao o-r-a and they send you these cute little discs and you put maybe like I don't know six to ten in a cup and you've got yourself a cup of cacao, you just add hot water, it's great. Mm-hmm. I took one sip of that before Peru and never touched it again. And I almost, I forgot about it. I put it down and didn't touch it again because for the first time it grounded me. Mm-hmm. I felt my body settle down into itself. And I think it scared me. Because when you've had any sort of trauma or abuse, like a lot of us, I disconnected from my body. I turned the feelings off Mm -hmm. because that was safe. And I didn't want to go back there. So I didn't know the power cacao had until I decided to learn. And I actually learned by listening to one of my favorite podcasts one day, the company that I sell for now, and I use only their cacao, is a company called Cacao Lab. They're in New York. They were on a podcast and they were talking about the exact thing I felt. Cacao is the medicine that connects you to your body and your heart. 
especially mm-hmm. if you've been disconnected. So instead of drinking all the little cacaos I had stashed away in my house, I really felt like something was bigger for me here. This wasn't about making a cup of hot chocolate. This was much bigger. And like I said in the beginning, I'm not interested in in facilitating or treating with psychedelics. I am interested and have been calling in since I've met you a medicine that can work in a similar plane that's great for children, Mm -hmm. it's great for birthing mothers, it's great for hospice, it's great for almost everyone. And it does the work that a psychedelic could do utilizing the frequency of love. And so to wrap up the story, I contacted the woman from the podcast I was listening to. And I said, are you teaching? She said, I'm actually about to wrap up a facilitator's training and I can fill one more in. And I got in. So for the last year, I've been able to be connected to the elders in the Amazon and the, and the ancestors and the teachings of the Mayans of this old wisdom. And in that way, I am able to share not only the medicine of cacao, but also the wisdom of, of that land, of that medicine, and of the old teachings. Mm. Very cool. I, I want to rewind just a little bit because I, I think maybe giving some context for some people who may not know maybe origins or history of, of cacao, right? Because in Western society, chocolate is very prevalent, right? Some of, like most of the desserts out there now have chocolate in it, but the chocolate that we typically get, um, you know, in confectionery chocolate or even out of the grocery store is very, very far removed from its, its origin in, you know, Central South America and, and how it's processed and everything like that. So, um, you know, what, what have you found in even like that, that bit of cacao you brought back from Peru? Like, what have you found? Is it purely an energetic thing that you found with it? Does it taste different? Does it feel different? What have you noticed? Um, cacao from some of the archaeology teachings that I've been given was actually originated in Peru. Mm-hmm. And they believe that it was the monkey who brought the cacao seeds up into the, you could say, the southern tip of Mexico. And this is where the Olmecs, the Aztecs, and the Mayans were. Mm-hmm. So those are the cultures that kind of found this frequency of this medicine. And they literally used cacao as currency because it was so strong. Mm-hmm. What I find is specifically working with ceremonial cacao, which is more of a Western term mm-hmm. for heirloom cacao. What's happening right now is cacao can grow one of two ways. You have your heirloom trees, which are old growth trees, deeply rooted and very happy. Or you can have GMO trees, Mm. which is what's happening. And why is that happening? That's happening because we all love chocolate. And unfortunately, heirloom, just like any heirloom produce, it grows slower. And so, you know... 
you've got a business, right? You've, you've got families who need to eat. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is the GMO trees are producing more. They're producing quicker. The fruits are bigger. It's more profitable. There's also a storm, I believe, that went through a few years ago in Guatemala that knocked out a lot of the heirloom trees. So instead of restarting the, those varieties, they're just implementing more GMO trees. Wow, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And so the reason the company that I only use, which is Cacao Laboratory, the reason I only use their cacao is because they only use heirloom cacao and they only buy from families. So the money is going directly back to the land and to its people. Um, A lot of the chocolate that's sold in the store is grown in Africa. Mm -hmm. And what's happening with that is families are selling their children to the cacao farms and it's slave labor. And so we don't have to go too much into that. But what I would offer is that we we can get real practical here If you have a very young tree, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more exposed to your heavy metals and such in the cacao or chocolate product because where is it going to bind? It's going to bind into the fat. So if you want to avoid those heavy metals and some things that might not be very good for your health, heirloom's best. It's got Mm. those nice deep roots. That's why, you know, for a health, from a health perspective, if anything, that's perfect. Sure. Right. And so then, since I've been working solely with ceremonial heirloom tree cacao, I don't know how to describe it other than this. If you eat a potato and you eat a potato chip, there's a very big difference (laughs) in the way it makes you feel. When you eat potato, you kind of feel like this fullness, right? If you eat a potato chip, it feels kind of empty. Right. So the same. Which is why you like the whole bag, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so cacao is the same to me. When I consume chocolate that was maybe grown in conditions that are not favorable to the people who were growing it, selling it, manufacturing it, whatever they're doing, if it's grown in a way that is hurtful, mm-hmm. it feels dead to me. Sure. The flavor's not there. The fullness isn't there. The richness. And the potential for it to be heart medicine is not there. Mm-hmm. When you work with medicine that was tended, grown, and processed with love and reciprocity, it's a whole new ball game. Right. There really are no words. This is why cacao works on that feeling level, because you feel it. Right. And this is something that's, I mean, a lot of people maybe listen to this podcast and be like, that's very woo-woo. Mm-hmm. But there's... I mean, there's a reason we're, we're recording this here on the 5th of March. We just had Valentine's Day last month, right? There's a reason chocolate's been associated with, with the feelings of the heart and romance and everything. Like this is, this is something that's kind of been the legacy of this, of this plant medicine and heart opening and, and things like that. And I, I really respect you speaking so much to the sourcing of where the plant comes from. Like, cause I didn't even know about this, about this, you know, these heirloom plants that have this kind of, um, I guess, older lineage. And then, of course, just like everything else, I guess, in, in modern, the modern world, right? There's supply and demand chain and, you know, genetically modified uh, overuse of pesticides and chemicals and everything of that nature um, does affect what you're consuming and, and right. what's going to do to you in your body. Right, right. And what we consume is our fuel. And, um, 
you know, you think about Valentine's Day and you think about, let's think about that for a second. What is it? It's seductive. It's sultry. It's luscious. Um, and we use chocolate in that same manner. And mm-hmm. so when you want to show love, I, I find that it, it is of the best. It's in our best interest to, you know, start to cultivate a relationship with that as medicine, mm-hmm. not necessarily because it is mouth pleasure, right? Chocolate is mouth pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's all over body pleasure. But when you think about it from a plant spirit angle and a vibrational level and take woo woo out of it, just feeling when you eat chocolate, what do you feel? Yeah. Right. So many people go have a bad day and they just want something. They're trying to create a feeling that they just can't seem to get or find. Sure. And so cacao is the vibration and frequency of the heart and love. And so just like I would feed my children the best quality food and myself, right? The best quality food. This is just another plant that we can form a new relationship with. And maybe when we go to the store and we see, I mean, the racks of chocolate bars that are starting, it's expanding. Right. Right. And they've got sales and they've got all these beautiful names and flavors and combinations. It's tempting. Mm -hmm. And now I look at it as a spiritual practice of really meditating on what is the best sourced choice. And you can look on your chocolate bars and see, are they telling you where it's grown? Are they telling you the conditions? Are they telling you that they're giving back to the farmers? And in this way, you know, we form a relationship. So undoubtedly, where you're getting your, your chocolate is from is, is important. So I appreciate you sharing on that. And, and I know anybody who's probably got more questions about wanting to get access to, you know, good quality or where can I go or who can I order from and stuff like that. We'll make sure that they're linked to you uh, after this podcast so they can pick your brain about, uh, as the subject matter expert we say in the military, the SME on, on cacao. Oh, a SME. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you too, kind of, you know, you've, you've been interested in some other stuff within the health and wellness space. Um, and most recently I've seen on your content on Instagram is the phototherapy patches. Mm-hmm. What have you, what are those and, and what have you noticed from, from using those? It is a very new to me technology, but I have found out that they've actually been developing this technology with the Department of Defense for about 20 years. Huh. So the inventor, so the story goes, and I apologize if I have the story a little wonky do because I'm still learning it myself, but the inventor of these patches, um, it's called bio, oh boy, biophotomodulation or phototherapy or light therapy. So he developed this technology for the Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. The Navy SEALs, as you probably know, have to stay up for long periods of time for jobs. I'm going to say it like a woman. I don't know what I'm talking about. A woman not in the military, I should say. Um, I assume you're staying up for long periods of time. And so instead of using uppers, caffeine, and other things, Mm -hmm. he was employed to create some sort of something to be able to give them the energy that they needed. He has piggybacked a lot of this 
technology off of research of other people who are using laser technology and other light therapy technologies. Um, and he's created a sort of patch and the patch is the size of a band-aid and you put it on your body on acupuncture meridian points. And what it does is we emit light from our body and embedded in each patch is a crystalline structure of amino acids and salts and such. It's non-transdermal. So there's nothing going in the body. But what happens is our body, as it reflects a natural light out, if you ever do like a night vision camera, infrared camera, right? Mm -hmm. You see like we're radiating heat and light. That crystalline structure in each patch is reflected back into our body and our cells see it. Do not ask me how. It sounds amazing and I wish I knew how this technology worked on a cellular level. But the cells recognize this. You could, I call it the bat, the bat symbol. It's mm -hmm. as if they're like, do, 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 whatever mm -hmm. that's <laughs> the song is. They see that signal and they go, oh, we need to produce more glutathione. Oh, we need to produce more stem cells. So it's activating your body's own innate ability to create glutathione, carnosine, um, stem cells. There's pain relief patches. There's some other ones that help with skin and vision. It's a wellness product, and we are not allowed to make any claims, but I am finding that it's working. I dislocated a rib in jujitsu in January. I had gone to a couple sports therapy practitioners and my chiropractor, and it just kept kind of popping out and causing me pain. Mm -hmm. And then I started wearing the anti-inflammatory patch, and I started wearing the stem cell activation patch. And that combination took my inflammation down and the stem cells went in there, I would assume, and just kind of fixed it. And within three days, my injury was gone and it hasn't been back. Well, and that, that was in January. That, that, I mean, going from a, a little over a month to, uh, to deal with a, a rib injury is, is pretty pretty substantial because that's a... A difficult area to heal too because you're constantly breathing right the ribs are constantly moving from breathing and, and stuff like that so right and i'm i'm over 35 now and something i've observed is once i hit 35 my body just doesn't heal the way it used to and so for my age i'm 38 for context but for my age you know they say that a rib injury like that it's a six to 12 week injury mm -hmm. So the fact that I healed it in three weeks is re it really surprised me. Yeah, yeah, really surprised me. That that in itself. I mean, we can talk about method me method of action or mechanism of action for things all the time. But I mean, sometimes we don't know why things work. We just know that that they do. I mean, it's we're, we're they're still like trying to research really how like Tylenol works, mm -hmm. right? Like the the method mm -hmm. of action. So it's, it's really interesting. I've been fascinated ab about it from seeing it on on your content posted on on Instagram and. I'm, I think I'm going to order some for myself too to just kind of see, kind of do my own little self-research, be my own experiment and see how I might react to, to using them as well. It seems like very cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a very fascinating technology and I think it's only the beginning. I'm already seeing other companies use this technology. 
biophotomodulation, I believe. Um, you can also just look up phototherapy. And I've also seen another company where a gentleman had a sleeve on. It was from wrist to elbow and embedded on the inside of the sleeve. It's like some, you know, kind of like a, what do they call that? Like a compression? Like a compression you sleeve. You know, you get like a calf injury. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just something that goes, you know, in this short space, but it's got, it's got this sort of pattern imprinted on the inside of it. So when you slip it on, it's the same technology. Somehow that signature, the body's reading, and he said, this one is for sleep and stress. How? I have no idea. Mm. But it's working. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to start seeing more of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, there's... We're finding out more and more. I just a friend recommended a book to me called *The Biology of Belief*, and it was a really interesting read. Uh, recommend it to anybody that's kind of. Um, I've always struggled with the lines between science and spirituality and things of that nature because we're starting to discover now more and more all the time that a lot of the stuff that we've dismissed as being woo-woo, actually, there's something to it. It's just we haven't been able to see it, study it acknowledge it. So right. I'm all about it. Well, if you think about people in the jungle who go see a shaman or go see a medicine woman or medicine man with a very large, um, significant health, diag you know, diagnosis disease, they go for what a week or two and come back healed. How mm -hmm. is that possible? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it goes further than just thinking about the chemistry, mm -hmm. right? Um, you mentioned something a couple minutes ago. I mean, you, you had an, an injury from from a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training, but you you have a BJJ family, and um, really curious because you know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has become more and more of a a popular sport activity, but it's not something that most people just kind of walk in or out of. Um, what have you, what have you, what have been some of your lessons, life lessons learned already from getting, getting on the mat and starting your jujitsu practice? Did you hear me take a sigh? <laughs> my, I think the mic picked it up. <laughs> my, one of my, I'm going to say this, one of my girlfriends calls it death yoga. It is almost death as, yoga. yes, it's almost as if it's a small death every day. Yeah. You battle to the death, it feels like it just really takes so much out of you. I actually didn't. This wasn't something that I had planned on joining. I was previously in Taekwondo and I did the competition team and I did all that. And I thought I was done. I'm like, you know, I'm getting older now. And there's a look in my husband's eyes when he would come home from jujitsu. And there was a turning point where if he missed a couple of days, you could see this passion, like, oh, I need to go. Mm. Like he just, it's not an addiction. It's, um, it's hard to describe. Sure. It's, I mean, I, I get that from my own like uh, physical, you know, training routine, right? Like if I miss three or four days of going to the gym or having hard physical activity, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to funk. What's wrong, what's yeah. wrong with me? It's like, oh, I need to get back in the gym. I need to get back yeah, to Yeah, there's know. a, there, I, I really think that there's definitely a release of hormones and um, I think there's something to do with the adrenaline. Oh, for sure. The adrenaline piece is huge, but it really surprised me how much I like it. 
it really surprised me how much I enjoy choking people for fun. <laughs> I did not. I'm a medicine woman. I'm a very slow and um, as I get older, more quiet person, very still. Mm-hmm. That is my feminine. I'm learning to be more still and contemplative, almost meditative, right? Sure. Yet we all have this inner warrior and I feel like it's the perfect balance for my psyche. I have this like, you know, a chanting ohm under the tree and then I also have this warrior, you know, and I feel like it makes me so well balanced. My mood is improved. My patience has prolonged. I have two children, so as a mother, I need to definitely have patience and they're mm-hmm. almost teenagers <laughs> even more than before. And so it's probably been one of the most beautiful things I could do for my mental health and my physical health. Sure. Because at the end of the day, I'm getting older. And if I don't do this for myself now, you know, the amount of physical exertion this requires, it's only going to get harder as I get older. So I might as well build a really good foundation while I'm still this age. Sure. And then I can just stack on top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always something that you can walk away from if you your energy needs to go elsewhere or you have to move or whatever and it's you know fortunately now it's it's become to a place in the US where there are lots of good Brazilian jiu-jitsu gyms in other places and if you know if the sport or the if it calls to you again you can always go back to it and pick up pretty much where you left off you know get back on the on the horse so to speak but i think it's very very cool that that one you've got a household of a whole household of people that participate in the sport, but that you've gotten into it too. So I think it's very cool. I think the other piece to it is being comfortable with being humble again. You know, as I've entered into my thirties, I'm doing better with it now, but in my early thirties, I thought I had it all figured out. Mm. I did that in my twenties as well. I had it all figured out and I didn't need to be humbled anymore. I find that doing something challenging, I'm, We'll be honest, there are days that I don't want to go because it's actually the hardest. Besides giving birth naturally, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I am humbled every day Mm -hmm. I go. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing and someone's trying to choke me or hurt me the entire time. And it's a really beautiful practice because it's teaching me how to maintain my breath and maintain my cool when there's a potential for danger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a life skill that should be cultivated. 100%. 100%. And that's, you see that across the board. That's not specific to jujitsu, right? Whether it's, you know, someone learning to, to free dive or, or even, even singing or playing a, a wind instrument, right? Like that breath control is so key to keeping your cool, being able to think through a process, see it on the range with shooters. It's, it's for me as being a, a also a, well, a wellness and, and health person and going and, and doing some practicing and breath work too. It's like, it seems to be the thing that no matter what I do in life, it comes back to that. It's like control of the breath. Right? There have been multiple times I've been rolling with someone. And I'm like, Hey, take a deeper breath. <laughs> Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we kind of will automatically go into that fight or flight And it's been just so beautiful, which was my old go-to. Immediately right off the bat, any sort of external 
loss of control was fight or flight and having the breath practice and having constant practice of stress response and to be able to breathe through it and know I'll be okay. I'm okay. I'm getting squished right now and I can't breathe. (laughs) I'm going to be okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, well, I have to ask you what's kind of on the horizon for you as, as a coach and with your own wellness business. What's, what's coming for 2023 here for you? Uh, what's coming for me is actually quite surprising, maybe because my prayers have been answered and I'm surprised that it's here. I have been working in the wellness space more so online, especially over the pandemic. And then I also make herbal, organic-ish skincare products. I make all natural skincare products, mainly for people who are immunocompromised for children, um, sometimes even pets. So I do a lot of like eczema work and rashes and things like that in the herbalism realm. And that's been working really well for me. Mm-hmm. But I just got an opportunity to have an office and a teaching space. I went to a holistic health expo last year with a booth geared towards, you know, selling and educating about cacao. What I found really interesting was, is that people are not interested in buying a product. People want to be taught the old ways. Mm -hmm. And when I say old ways, I mean, think about your, depending on how old you are, your grandmother, your grandfather, or your great-grandparents, and what did they do? So I'm finding people are coming to me who want to learn not only how to take their health back into their hands, but also to learn, you could say, survival or medicine skills. Yeah, People are interested in fermenting and right. making their own medicine. One of my top best-selling medicines is made out of cow fat. Mm-hmm. I make a whipped tallow butter, you know, specifically geared to eczema, dry skin, and the such. And these are, these, this isn't something I created. This is something that we all used to do on the homestead. We didn't right. have a grocery store or spa. We had animals and we used every part of it. And I have an affinity for maintaining these old ways. So right now, I'm going to be creating a syllabus for the rest of the year and start offering teachings to teach people these things. That's awesome. And then I offer coaching. I do spiritual coaching, plant integration coaching. I do life coaching and I do health coaching. Basically, it's holistic coaching. Just you come to me and we'll figure it out. Yeah. That's kind of how I roll. A lot of people have a plan in a way, but for me, I'm the type of person that I want you to tell me what's going on, what you want to fix. And then we fit. I walk with you. Sure. You know, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to show you that there are paths that maybe you didn't see. Mm-hmm. And that might require that we both pick a, mach- a machete up and we find a new path. <laughs> right. Sure. But that's like uh, some one of my first clients called me a, a like a Sherpa. Like a soul Sherpa. It's like, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. No, and I appreciate so much too. I love that you talked about the old ways, right? Because I think this is something, especially after 2020, that a lot of people realize that this kind of 
day and age that we're living in where the vast majority of people, especially here in, in the U.S., have gotten so dependent, right, on the grocery store being filled, on being able to get what you want off the shelf, uh, and when weird things happen and all of a sudden everything's shut down or supply and demand chains break down, like self-reliance and being able to create your own stuff at home, make your own stuff at home, procure your own stuff at home is becoming more and more of a, of a skill set that I think more and people really want to have. And I love that you're helping people. There's a, there's a demand for it. So I love that you're helping people. I'm going to weave, I'm going to weave in just a, a, a just a little segment sure. of Mayan wisdom. The Mayans have a sort of astrology each day. Mm-hmm. And today is the number 12. And um, it's number 12, Kame. And Kame is sort of like, he. the spirit is kind of like, uh, you could say, the, the guide, okay? So today's energy is this. Everything that has happened to us has led us to this point. Mm-hmm. If you would have told me 10 years ago when I was fascinated in farming and I went to Oregon State University and I got a farming internship that I would need those skills hmm. right now, right. I would have laughed, mm-hmm. right? That farming internship taught me how to, you know, if you work on a farm, you could imagine how much food was left over. It taught me how to use that food, how to preserve that food, how to dry, how to ferment it taught me these skills that I had no idea that I would need now. I was drawn to the flowers on the farm. Being drawn to the flowers taught me to start looking into them and realizing, wait, you can use this for medicine? Hold on, mm-hmm. right? So each little step in our path is leading us towards something. We just have to be patient because one day, hopefully, we will be able to see, oh, I've been preparing for this all along. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you a couple of questions that I like to ask all my guests? So the first one being, who is influencing you right now? And it could be a personal relationship, someone you're following online, a book you're reading, anything of that nature. Um, I, I actually am reading a book right now. Um, I believe her name is Kimberly Ann Johnson. Uh, and I believe the book is called Call of the Wild. It's a wonderful book uh, focused on somatics and polyvagal theory. Mm-hmm. Really good uh, streamline into going back to our conversation about cacao and giving you some tools and practices to help you learn how to feel and to have emotions again. Um, that is a really great book for anybody interested in any of that work. And I would say the person that has been the most influential and insightful has been myself. And that means that for the first time in my life, I'm actually going back to me for the answers that I seek. Mm -hmm. I am a little bit of a book nerd. If you go in my room, I have got probably about 17 books next to my bed I have an, a bookshelf in my office full of books. I am an information junkie. I love it all. I want to learn it all. And I think that's why I went into coaching was because I'm the type of person that's kind of like a researcher. 
I find all these fun new things. And then when someone comes to me and be like, oh, I got it. I know mm-hmm. what we need to do, right? I've amassed all this knowledge outside of me. What I'm finding, though, is I'm reaching a season where that is no longer desirable. And it's not to say that it hasn't been beneficial and useful, but it has brought me back home to myself to where if I get still and quiet enough, I've heard people say this and I thought they were crazy. You hear sometimes people say the answer lies within or the greatest teacher is you. I thought it was a crock of bull for a really long time. (laughs) I was like, where's this teacher? Are they eating somewhere? I don't know what's happening. I could never understand what the heck they were saying. But that's because in my past, my affinity for addiction, my affinity for validation, and all these other more shadowy aspects were clouding that inner voice, Mm -hmm. right? It made it so loud that I couldn't hear. Mm -hmm. So working with the medicine of cacao and developing a spiritual practice has made my internal environment less chaotic and more quiet. So now I hear the wise one that's in me. It's always been there. It was just covered up from layers and layers of hurt and trauma and heartache and all these other things we all have. Mm -hmm. But I've been kind of in my own little guru, Zen Din, kind of meditating and healing. And I feel now, ah, there it is. I love it. I love it. It's the first time I've gotten that response and asking my guests that question. And uh, I respect it so much because I think it is so important. Like, you know, you can get into the whole validation, external validation thing, right? But even all that aside is like just sometimes stopping and listening to yourself. What is your, what is your heart saying to you? What is your intuition saying to you? Just even, even just learning the practice of cutting out the external noise, whether it's who you are listening to, Sometimes it has to be your family members, right? Sometimes you got to take a break away from them as much as you love them because you just need to have some space and time to listen to yourself. And, um, you know, even the whole thing of, and I struggle with this, I know as much as anyone else does these days, is like waking up first thing in the morning, right? Like, are we reaching for the phone or putting on the news or turning on the radio? It's like, you know, maybe let's have the first 10 minutes of the day just just a conversation with yourself. What are your aspirations for the day? What are you feeling? What do you what are you feeling compelled to go do? What is your what is your heart desire? What is your what is your brain interested in doing? Like these are these are important things to sometimes set aside and say, hey, I've got this. And I love and I love that you respond that way. I think as adults, um, some of us forget that, you know, especially those of us who have some codependency stuff. Mm. There's no one going to take care of me but me. Mm-hmm. And my husband observed recently that I jolt, literally jolted out of bed when my alarm went off to go take care of my kids and get them off to school. And he, he actually pulled me aside and was like, hey, maybe wake up five minutes early and wake up slower and take a few deep breaths mm-hmm. and think about you. And I was like, I should know that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a game changer because you're right. I wake up five minutes early. I make myself a big old glass of water and I open my front window and I look at the rising sun Mm -hmm. and I'm just quiet. 
It's beautiful. It's changed the, my whole day. Well, even even that one, that that piece alone, uh, the the neuro the neuroscience behind getting that sunlight early in the morning, right? We know that like sets the circadian rhythm and really sets the tone for for your entire day. So, yeah, love it. Yeah. Keep doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. If we can get that sunlight in our eyes and on our skin first thing in the morning, we all naturally produce that cortisol. We don't need that cup of coffee. Our body naturally mm-hmm. will give us the boost. We just have to give it the set and setting to do mm-hmm. its work. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Next question. When you hear the term phrase warrior monk, who or what do you think of? Okay. So... This is what comes through. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Hard hands, soft heart. Mm. And that comes through for me because I feel as a warrior, strength isn't what makes you a good warrior. I think that inner lover, that poet to Mm -hmm. me, embraces the hardness of oneself and also the softness of oneself. And as we talked about before in my personal experience, I am a medicine woman. I work in the realm of plants and spirits and such. There's my feminine, my softness, right? That's Mm -hmm. that soft heart. But I also train. And I could harm someone. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you find the balance within yourself and you know that you have the strength, if necessary... I find that having the compass of a soft heart gives me the courage to know that when I need to make a decision, I'm coming from a stable place, right? I'm not coming from anger. I'm not coming from, you know, trauma. I'm coming from softness and love. And to me, that's what came through was having the, the hard hands, warrior hands, but having a soft heart. Beautiful. Love it. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, I'm glad we did this. Um, We both had some time aside to do it. If people want to follow you, if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about cacao, sourcing of it, how to use it ritually, um, they have other holistic health concerns or questions, maybe coaching interests, where can they get a hold of you? How can they connect? I'm going to be making a new website soon, but right now you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the same handle, and that's at Mother Medicines with an S at the end. Mother Medicines. Awesome. And we'll put a link to that, of course, when the podcast goes online as well. Christina, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I hope we can do like a follow-up podcast in the future because I know you're going to be trying to get some content yourself online here shortly. So Mm -hmm. we'll do like a we'll do like a part two at some point here in in the future. Yeah, and like you said, if anybody has any questions or they want to, you know, reach out to Lance or I, please, please give us feedback. Let us know your thoughts or your inquiries, and we would love to go from there. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Again, a big thank you to Christina for being my guest on the podcast and for having me as a guest to record in your home and serving up some delicious cacao before we recorded. If you're looking to connect with her, head over to Instagram or Facebook and find her at Mother Medicines and look out for her own podcast here in the near future. If you've been enjoying the Warrior Monk podcast, please share it with to your own social media, tag it, send it over to a friend or family member or share it with a fellow Warrior Monk. 
Also, please head back to Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're streaming from and leave us a review. I greatly appreciate constructive feedback and it helps the podcast. As always, feel free to shoot me a direct message at the Warrior Monk Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And if you got an idea for an episode or you just want to start a conversation with me, head on over there and shoot me a direct message. Lastly, I would invite you to become a supporter of the Warrior Monk Podcast through our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash WM podcast. You can go there and pick your level of support and it comes with various pledges that are have complimentary and exclusive Warrior Monk merch, including stickers, Velcro patches, and t-shirts. As always, thank you for joining me today and I look forward to bringing you more content in the future. Until then, let's continue to go through balance. This is Lance, signing out.